our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Howdy. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm just stressed about this episode. Why are you stressed? Let's discuss. So this episode came up because we made a post a couple, well, a little while ago, and it was about electric vehicles and are they actually better for the environment? And it was a heated comment section, like it was debated. And I had someone in my life, like, I don't want to say have a go at me, but like they were just very intense about their desire to share why electric vehicles weren't better for the environment. I just think people really feel strongly about it, more strongly than I do. Okay. It's not like the average human is jet-setting everywhere on their private plane, you know? I just feel like I needed to get to the bottom of this. I was like, are they good or are they bad? I don't know. Is there going to be backlash on this episode? See, I'm at a point in my life where I don't even care. Yeah, but that's because you are off the grid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is the most joyful thing I've ever done for my life. I was explaining to someone, they were like, oh, like, so how does Sonia like work in Girls Invest? And I was like, she does her podcast. We do that like a couple of hours a week. And then she like does her own thing. She doesn't act, you really use social media. And they were like, I want to be Sonia when I grow up. And I was like, same. I was like, I want the job Sonia has <laughs> that this business has created. It's not even about that. I think you could like have jobs and still be very in tune with social media. I just want to make it a deep thing about like the apps and stuff. It's just really a me problem and my own consumption and my lack of patience with what aboutism because that's what it is. That's what the comment section is, okay? These people that are commenting on your little posts and they're like <laughs> Sonia gets quite defensive for me. <laughs> Sim like doesn't defend herself as hard as I think she should I like go to war and Sim's just like I'll deal with this and I'm like no that's not okay here's what I will say yes and this is one of the biggest reasons why I'm not on social media because I don't have patience I think Sim is going to introduce this more beautifully obviously but I think in the grand scheme of things people will find a way to shame you no matter what you do I swear to god if someone's like I walk to work. Someone else will be like, well, that's very ableist of you. Guys, 
at the end of the day, we can't make everyone happy. Do you know what I mean? But Sonia, if you walk to work, that is extremely privileged because that means you have good shoes and not everyone has good shoes. And the fact that you didn't think about that, like, this is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> like, if I'm like in a city that is planned quite well and I'm incentivized to bike to work, someone will say something about that. Do you not bike? They'll be like, you should walk. You're causing bike traffic in like the city. What is this, Amsterdam? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> See, we're probably three minutes into recording this. I'm already heated. So in this episode, we are going to break down the reasons why maybe electric vehicles are good for the environment and maybe reasons why they aren't so that you can go away and make your decision. Because as you know, at Girls That Invest, we do not tell you what to think. We do not tell you what to invest in. We know that you are smarter than us and we know that you are super clever. We're just here to share the information and let you make your own decision. So first things first, Sonia, what's a reason why electric vehicles might not be so good for the environment? Listen, I am going to take this opportunity to speak and to preface a few different things. One, I think that this is a great conversation to be having because I think everyone surface level thinks that electric vehicles are better than gas, fuel, conventional vehicles, whatever you want to call it. And I think that is potentially dangerous because it glosses over some very real impacts that electrical vehicles can have. I think if you are super conscious of environmental impact and if you live in a city where you're able to do this, bike, walk, and just to say this, and just to make sure that we're all clear, I am a huge believer in that we need to look into urban planning and public transportation more as countries, as governments, because I think if people are incentivized to use good public transport, they will, good trains with reliable schedules, bus routes that don't take three hours as a commute, cities where they're designed so poorly where walking to your closest like coffee shop is like an hour away, it's a 20, 30 minute drive and a questionable commute, like hello. How are we really going to like get these people to think that their world is crashing down or they're making like this big decision and they have like a lot of guilt over it in terms of what vehicle to get? I just want to make that very, very clear. With that being said, I am here today to present why electric vehicles might not always be the most environmental choice between the two. And there's a lot of, I guess, like factors that you should consider, a few of them being life cycle analysis, which is like the total amount of time when you own that vehicle. Is it cost effective to like replace parts? How was the vehicle made to energy source, to battery production, to how people are disposing parts? And the two things that I really want to hone in on in today's episode is battery production and energy. And I think this is going to be fun because Sim has things to say about both points. To start off with, one reason that an electrical vehicle may not be better for the environment is actually the production of the batteries themselves. So the manufacturing of electric vehicles with raw materials like lithium and lithium including like is it cobalt is that how you like pronounce it and nickel for batteries that could potentially lead to habitat destruction water pollution and other like ecological issues if people aren't securing the way that they produce those batteries that hand in hand 
comes with how they're making the batteries and where they're getting like the energy source, which I'll go into in my second point a little bit later, and where that energy is derived from and making those batteries if it is from non-renewable sources. Just the making of the battery alone in an electric vehicle could offset the emission savings that you're getting from choosing between the vehicles. You're pursing your lips. Is that because you don't agree or because that didn't make sense or because I'm talking directly to your point? No, you're right. I mean, someone may say, hey, look, the use of lithium ion batteries has increased by 58% of mining in the past decade worldwide. Someone may say, yes, 70% of the world's cobalt supply is mined in the Democratic Republic of Congo. A lot of them are unregulated. There are often children involved. There are human rights violations happening. I can't justify that but I have my points to make after (laughs) well specifically talking about the environment Simran a lot of these lithium-ion batteries have chemicals within them such as manganese and it's also it is cobalt and nickel I really stoop over the pronunciations but I feel like you guys know what I mean it's just the accent not the brain just the accent (laughs) not the brain it's just the accent it really is a you issue if you have issues with my pronunciation anyways these chemicals which I'm not going to repeat just because Simran said what she said they're really harmful to the environment when they're not properly handled so I just want to make that very clear if companies are transparent with the way that they're making these batteries and how they're recycling how they're properly handling these chemicals, then so be it. But quick, give me five companies that are currently doing that. When they're exposed to water supply systems and just like ecosystems in general, they end up contaminating the water. And correct me if I'm wrong, Simran, we are currently having water issues in the world right now. Not to mention, if it is contaminated, we're basically destroying aquatic life as well. And is that what you want? Is that what you want? Not the aquatic life, not the little fishies, not Nemo. You know, there was this iconic tweet that I came across and it goes like this. And I think this will be included in the history books of our time. And it says, I have great respect for the ocean, but what goes on beneath it is none of my business. With that being said, we do need to take care of our waters. So, yeah. Thank you so much. That really contributed to the discussion that we have of if electric vehicles are good or not for the environment. Yeah, I think so too. You guys come here for the drama and I bring it to you every episode. So some studies have shown that sure, maybe electric vehicles can create more carbon pollution. Yes, that is not incorrect. And that's often, as Sonia's mentioned, because of the manufacturing of the electric vehicle batteries. And people will be like, but the batteries, like you'll be like, oh, you know, maybe I want to buy an electric car. And they're like, the batteries, the batteries, the batteries. In terms of the greenhouse gas emissions associated with manufacturing an electric vehicle, charging it, driving it, that is still overall lower than a gasoline car. And you might be like, why? Yes, the battery manufacturing is higher, but EVs have zero tail pipeline emissions. And so they are typically responsible for significantly less greenhouse gas emissions during operation. That's a good thing. So if we're looking at like, yes, the beginning or maybe the end of a vehicle, you're right. Gasoline cars are still better, but lifetime overall impact 
is lower generally. If you're also looking at the emissions from manufacturing like a lithium, nickel, magnesium, cobalt, oxide battery alone, that's around 3.2 tons. That's a lot of emissions. We're not happy with that. Now, the car life or like the average life of a car is assumed, let's say, around 150,000 kilometers. The emissions from the manufacturing phase of the electric vehicles, yes, are higher than that of the fossil fueled cars. But when you complete that life cycle emissions, a few studies have shown that the electric vehicle emissions are still 18% lower than fossil fueled cars. So you're right. There's all these negative impacts. It's bad for the environment. It's bad for the water. It's bad for the people. It's bad for the land. But EV emissions are 18% lower over the life cycle. So just from an emissions point of view, I guess there's one positive. I feel like, is that real? It is real. I am happy to put the study in the show notes, but I think I'm not too proud to say that for every study that shows this, there are studies that show the opposite. I think this is why like, it is dangerous to think that electric vehicles off the bat are going to be a better environmental choice because a lot of these studies, they don't have enough research, you know, will know like the full and I guess like deeper impacts in 10, 20 years time. I think when you're looking at just how they produce the battery alone, like that is wild. No, you have a point. And I guess another concern is like, who's producing? Like if this study is funded by Tesla, that's going to be a very different outcome. And the models that they use to predict, because again, it's not like they've had an electric vehicle that has lasted an entire life cycle and then compared it to something else. These are projections and projections can be fudged a little bit. I do want to make it clear, this is just a case of me fighting the other side for the sake of this episode. I (laughs) need to make it very clear that I do not support (laughs) the destruction of the world for 18% reduced greenhouse gas emissions potentially potentially that's how much potentially at best (laughs) you're gonna save the world by you know we should have a discussion on how guilty individuals feel we're like billion dollar corporations these billionaires like flying a 40 minute private flight where they could have easily driven they go unscathed but hey-ho, that's not why we're here. We're here to see if it is more environmentally friendly to own an electric vehicle. I think my other point that I want to talk about and kind of discuss today is we need to look at where this electricity is coming from. If the electricity that we're using to charge the vehicles, to produce and manufacture electric vehicles as well, if it's coming from fossil fuels, The emissions reduction that you're focusing on when you're comparing it to fuel and gas vehicles, it's not going to be as significant. You know, there are regions of this earth where coal and other non-renewable sources, they dominate the energy mix. So overall, the emissions associated with charging an electric vehicle could be comparable and sometimes potentially even higher than that of efficient fuel gas vehicles and not only that in the same string is that the energy intensity of manufacturing these electric vehicles are sometimes higher than traditional vehicles because of the complexity of the battery production that's an upfront energy investment shall we say so 
if you're thinking to yourself, oh, at least I'm not using fuel, at least I'm not going to the petrol station and I'm going to drive to like this Tesla charging station or a charging station in general, where is that electricity coming from? Oh my God. I love that. Where's the electricity coming from? But people that like are a little bit confused by that. So this confused me as well when I was researching into it. If you imagine, so an electric vehicle needs to be fueled up, right? Like the electricity has to come from somewhere. If it comes from what we imagine it to, like wind turbines, like solar panels, that's like clean energy into a clean energy car. But right now, especially in the States, a lot of the clean energy that your car needs, it actually comes from these coal fueled grids and so you're using coal to turn into energy to then drive your car which you might as well then do with gas is that what you mean that's exactly what i mean and i just want to be clear in terms of appreciating the work that inventors and the founders of electricity our modern life it was built on fossil fuels like coal like oil and natural gas and i think now in the position that we're in we know all the detrimental effects that it has had on our environment and the earth and us as humans and also like the projection of the futures which is why every second news story that you see is like a climate crisis protest and i think fossil fuels used to confuse me as well in terms of you know people really really do get very heated talking about fossil fuels but in simple terms if i was just like to explain why it's so detrimental it creates air pollution and that harms our health like those toxic emissions they drive climate change, which is why people are rightfully pressed about it. And if you're thinking, oh, at least I'm not using fuel or gas to pump up my vehicle, and then you're going to a charging station that is powered by coal, you're on the same boat, bud. That was so Canadian of me. I'm so proud of myself. I said bud. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. But I guess a counter to that is that they're starting to make grids that aren't coal produced. And if you have more demand, like more electric vehicles being made that need these extra grids, then you're going to be able to justify having more clean energy grids available. Like let's say you have a small amount of electric vehicles. No one's going to make like a grid 
just for them. They're going to be like, oh, we'll use the normal grid. Like we've got our cold grid here. It's been working for the last 80 years. Like we'll just hook you up to that. But as the world's demand or like consumer demand for electric vehicles increases, then you can't rely on these cold grids and you might have more like companies like Tesla, for example, or Polestar or even like Audi, they might start saying, well, we have such a pull for electrical vehicles that we can pull some of this money from it towards creating more green energy grids and we can't do that until we have more people buy them because they only started mass producing those batteries in like 2017 right so those batteries won't even be ready for disposal until like 2035 (laughs) i get what you're trying to say it does take a fair bit of time to actually see what people are talking about i think tesla was reporting in terms of their projections that there will be 3 billion cars on our roads by 2050 and by then majority of them are going to be electric, each with like a battery that's going to probably weigh a ton. Because I only know what Tesla said about it, I'm going to be honest, in terms of what we're talking about and battery production and like their projections. But if their principle of designing batteries for grid storage at the end of their life is great. So if all 3 billion Teslas can be infinitely used for that purpose, that works out. But if it doesn't end up working out and there might be some problems that they find like further down the track, then what happens then? That's why people are like, a battery is even recyclable. Like, what are you actually doing? I'm glad you mentioned that because that's my second reason to like, I guess, dispute a myth that's been going around, which is, you know, the lack of recycling batteries. You can't do anything. It's really bad. Like, oh my God, the batteries are bad to produce, which I mean, I don't disagree with, but then you can't do anything. So there's a senior scientist at Goldman School of Public Policy at Berkeley. And he said that when car batteries go below, say, 80%, the range is reduced quite significantly, but it's not a constraint for stationary storage. And so what they are trying to look into is the approach of taking electric vehicle batteries and finding them a second life in the storage space and in other applications, rather than saying, okay, if this moves, this is reduced battery, but if it stays still, that's not a negative impact. So Nissan, BMW, and a few other car manufacturers, they've started piloting the use of old electric vehicle batteries for grid storage. So they're literally trying to find, you know, the issue that Sonia and I were mentioning earlier, grids and coal, and like, that's not a good thing. What if we use these secondary batteries to then fix that issue? We don't have to use coal and now the batteries are being recycled. So General Motors has designed its battery packs with a second life model in use. So it's already been created so that they can then use it for other applications. The only issue with that, because I don't want to like give you rose tinted glasses, is that reusing lithium batteries does require quite extensive testing and upgrades to make sure they're performing, you know, reliably. And then Someone could argue, well, that testing and those upgrades, that's just putting more energy and more effort and more, you know, gas and carbon emissions into the environment. Like we are putting more crap into the earth, into the air to try and reduce a little bit of crap going into the earth and air already. I think that's a good way of simplifying it. I think if they found a way to reuse it, that would be ideal. And God bless, you know, these people that are figuring out these solutions. But 
it's not just vehicles that we use lithium-ion batteries for. They're in our cell phones, they're in our tablets, they're in our laptops, they're in our e-bikes, they're in electric toothbrushes, they're in tools, they're in hoverboards, you know, solar power backup storage. Like it's not just electric vehicles (laughs) and vehicles in general using this type of battery. It is beyond that. So I do also just want to say that I say all of this, but it exists everywhere, guys, unfortunately. So if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, okay, it sounds like it's quite complicated and it actually doesn't sound like there is an answer, I'd like to pose a question to you based off what we've chatted. Do you think electric vehicles today in 2023 are better for the environment? Slightly, yes. That's interesting. I'd actually, even though I've argued the other way, I would say right now, no, because all my counterpoints have been like projections. But imagine that over time, as technology gets better, it gets faster, it gets cleaner, like systems get put in place and we do get there. And I think sometimes you have to, I don't know, fund things for improvements to happen. I don't think I could buy an electric vehicle right now and say to myself, like, pat on my back, I'm doing a good job, which is interesting because beforehand I actually thought they were so much better for the environment. So as an investor, it's definitely changed my mind a little bit. I agree. I was in the same viewpoint as you in terms of like they're infinitely better. I think they're slightly better in terms of short-term wins, but there are a lot of things that they need to figure out as well. I guess the real answer in this came from the fact that Elon Musk suddenly took such an interest in Twitter. I feel like he was like, wait a minute, Tesla is like not really as clean and green as I thought it would be. Let's focus my attention to having a cage fight with Mark Zuckerberg. Pardon? A cage fight? Like they want to fight each other like a boxing match? And Mark Zuckerberg put out a post which was so like teenage-esque. He was like, let's be honest, Elon is like not replying to my messages and he's like, I'm ready to fight and he won't get back to me. Now he says he has to have the surgery and we'll fight after. Like he's just not interested. Surely they have bigger things to discuss right now with their like positions and stuff. Don't you have children? Multiple. Like both of them. What is happening? This doesn't feel real. Is this real? The most latest Forbes update title is Elon Musk says he's going to fight Mark Zuckerberg tonight at his house. Do you know what? Guys, do not fall for this ish because they're just distracting us from all their flaws and everything that they're doing bad in this world. Okay. They want you to focus on this cage fight (laughs) to not focus on other things. What do you mean they're boxing each other at each other's mansions? So in summary, reasons for electric vehicles being better include things like them being slightly not as bad in terms of their long-term overall life cycle of greenhouse gases. Another reason is that recycling of batteries could possibly improve, but the reasons that they're not so great is actually the battery production itself, the grids that are used, the energy sources, the fact that you're still using things like coal quite significantly, especially in the States, for your car to even run. And so That's, you know, a couple of nuggets, a couple of points to take away and have a think about. Can I just say, if you are sitting at home and you're really mulling over this decision, like you're really into your research, like you're like, how can I 
be the best I can be in terms of this vehicle purchase. I just want to say I don't think there's a right decision. (laughs) And I think the pressure that we put on ourselves on an individual basis, like you need a car to like get places. I think it's a privilege to be like, I don't need a car. I can just bike. I can just walk. I'm able-bodied. I can do X, Y, Z. Like I think a lot of times that people guilt trip others for the decisions that they make and in relation to environment, it's really hard because people think it's just such a zoned in, there's no other factors playing into it. Whereas usually there's like an accumulation of things that make you make decisions and for the situation that you're in. So I just want to say, take a deep breath. We're going to be okay. We'll figure it out eventually. It's my pet talk for you guys. We'll be fine. We'll be good. I love that. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode and you want to share it to a friend that's driving an electric vehicle (laughs) and you just want to, you know, let them know, or you've found this episode helpful, or if Girls Out and Nest has ever provided you anything useful as a podcast i would love if you could screenshot this tag it on your story tag girls that invest send it to a friend we grow by your word of mouth and it makes such a difference and it allows us to continue our mission so i will see you next week sonia see you next week sim bye and as always to finish off with our disclaimer Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team, bye!